Let me ask you something, Dom. Was it what, what last night? Was it just not thinking, or was it really just that you you just you couldn't see me do well? You just had to 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 make sure to to send me six feet deep and bury me. What was it? Yeah, I'm just uh, gonna just tweet bet results at this point on the threads. I think. Yeah, uh, you try to give a guy love, and you end up being uh, shooting him down. Yeah, <laughs> that was tough. Yeah, at least Jack didn't lose outright. Thank goodness. Right. Should I should I next time remind you for like a fifth time to not uh, jinx me? Sure. I'll see what I can do. This is the. This is the. <laughs> it's tough being the guy in the in the in the front seat when you're the one that's uh, tweeting out the results, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the weight of the world's on your shoulders. It's when you, when you, when you do something that, that I don't like, I, I tear you down, but when you do good things, I never give you credit. I'm just, <laughs> that's I'm like just the word. It's like, it's like, I'm like your, it's like a boss thing, like boss dynamic. It's like, God, I hate my fucking boss. I, uh, I literally watching that fight was like, Okay, I really hope Jack doesn't actually because <laughs> I'm going to feel genuinely so bad. Like, oh, it's uh, I was watching that. I, I'm I'm not going to lie. I was pretty mad last night. <laughs> I was pretty, because then when Holly lost, like, I was more so just mad at the situation, not not the actual uh, tweet. I was mad that I was literally looking at a perfect night. Yeah, and then ended up negative. <laughs> like three units, I two units on all. Really get different with your unit sizing, and it happens like that. The MMA betting gods—it's—it's a—it's a hard world. It, it is. Was, and of course, people on Twitter were giving me like this, like because in my head, I'm like, okay, that feels like a twenty-nine, twenty-eight uh, Jack. That's what it felt like to me. I I would agree. As Which, that didn't have a even bet. if all three scored it that way, that's not enough because I had the minus yeah, three and a half. Spread. But then I had people on Twitter saying, I don't know, there was a 10-8 maybe in that third round. It could be a 29-27. And I'm like, oh, my God, please, just one judge. One judge. Yeah. And then that one judge was like, actually, it's 29-28 for a guy named Basil. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. No, but uh, <sighs> welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA show. He's struggling. We're here. Yeah, we're here. It's it's a recap. Uh no, let's uh let's get let's let's just wipe that from our memory. Looking ahead, although we'll have to come back to it later. We do have a point in the show where we yeah. talk about it. So I'll probably rehash some of this. But it's good to be back here with you, Dominic. Even though uh our our brotherhood, our friendship has probably been uh, tested the most in the last 24 hours. Seem brighter days. I, I still I still love you, but it's like that meme of um, of the guy pointing a gun and he's got the tear in his eye. That's what I felt like. Like I felt like last night, if you'd been in front of me, I would have killed you, but I would have also felt really bad about it. Yeah, I would have been. I wouldn't have been happy about it. But anyways, yeah. UFC Vegas. 125 we're here to recap it we got some news to talk about 
Biden announcements. And Dominic, you know what? To kind of get the spirits going in the right direction, I think it might be a good time to kind of tell the people about some of the content change coming to the channel. Is that uh, I think that's fair to do? I think we've kind of yeah, yeah we kind of we've kind of hashed it out a little bit. So after we come back from Nashville, which of course the UFC Nashville card. Um, could the date, I don't want to give a firm date, but you know, sometime after <laughs> that Nashville trip, um, our content's going to change just ever so slightly. So it's still going to be the same way you're looking at it now. You know, we'll still be in the studio. We'll still be uh, doing kind of our normal thing, except what we really wanted to do for YouTube, especially is to be able to get out content more frequently, quicker, and yeah. make it shorter for for people because I think that's more uh, that's gonna be more what the YouTube audience is going to be looking for. I think mm -hmm. more often than not, that's what you find on YouTube: shorter form content, more frequent. Yeah, and and this is also just to help with like we talk about news on here a lot, and how great would it be when Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury gets announced on a Tuesday? that we don't have to wait till Thursday to talk about it. We can hop on a studio, do a 20 minute video on it and have it out Wednesday. Yep. So that's the goal here. However, if you are someone that prefers that long form All podcast, yeah. you know, type content, the same way we've been doing it, the weekend previews, weekend yep. recaps, you can still get it in that form. Yep. You'll just need to follow us on Spotify, on Apple, um, at the Below Average Joe's MMA Show. Same, same, you know, branding and stuff as we have on here. Um, on there, what we'll do is whatever videos are put out um, from, I guess it would be Monday through Thursday, mm -hmm. will be kind of compiled together into that Friday preview, and then everything from. Friday through Sunday would yeah. be compiled into the weekend recap. And we would have like some recordings that would maybe be a little different than what you would normally get. Like you wouldn't yeah. see over there. We'll put, we'll still put an intro in. We'll still yeah, we're gonna try and make closing statements. Yeah. We want to make it flow. So um, this is just a way to kind of give everybody the kind of content that they are going to want. Yeah. based off of where they're watching at. And then on social media, I highly recommend you follow us over there, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the BAJ MMA. Um, over there, that's where probably the Blazing Bets segment will start to live. We'll, we'll probably be more so like social media um, heavy on that, like it's sort of been, but we probably won't talk about it too much on here since we'll be doing things a little differently. But on t on Twitter, we'll definitely be going harder on that. We've also been doing a lot of stuff on TikTok, trying to do some MMA trivia, you know, for the UFC cards and whatnot. So um, all good stuff. Um, also, uh, this is something that maybe not sure if it's worth mentioning now or not, but we want to kind of try to use Twitter spaces more often or at least mm – -hmm. uh, better our use of it and the way we're going to do that is for the cards that require you know some of our you know last weekend for example mm -hmm. i was telling dominic how great would it be to be able to get in a studio like a twitter space right after mm -hmm. and do an instant reaction to the card people can join 
they can talk and give their thoughts. They can submit questions. Yeah. And that allows us to just kind of deep dive the card, go over a lot of these things that you would maybe normally see in, a, in our weekend recap, but it allows more um, engagement from the audience, more input from the audience and whatnot. So that's something that if we're able to do it, we're going to try to do uh, for some of those bigger cards. Don't think we would have done it last night for home versus Buena Silva, but right. Uh, Dominic, did I kind of cover everything there? Anything you wanted that's, to add? That's pretty much the general gist. It's exciting. Okay, that got me in. That got me in good spirits. That got me feeling a little better. But good. unfortunately, we do have to talk about the bets at some point, and then that's just going to come crashing down again. But of course, Dominic. Without further ado, let's get into our main event from UFC. Whatever I said at the beginning, where Myra Bueno Silva. It's the second round submission of Holly Holm. She does it 38 seconds into that second round, Dominic. This fight was kind of it was kind of an interesting one. Like it it felt like even though Holly Holm had took that first round pretty easily, or I don't know if you can say easily, but she took it, you know, she looked good in the first round. She was uh staying on her bike, using a lot of footwork doing her normal blitzing combinations, uh, clinching Bueno Silva. Looked like she had a good first round. But yet, Dominic, I went into that second round before it even started. I didn't feel that great about it. Like, I just mm-hmm. felt like what Bueno Silva was doing here, she was wait- she was really waiting for her moment. She was waiting yeah. to find that opening. She was walking down Holly the whole time. You know, Holly was landing a lot higher volume, but the actual damage was not necessarily being inflicted. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like the only shot when Silva landed clean in the first round seemed to have Holly uh, at least somewhat hurt. It was a loud shot. Yeah. yeah. So round two, Holly tries to clinch Bueno Silva up, leaves her neck open, gets caught in the ninja choke. Which just shows the kind of jujitsu uh, practitioner we're dealing with in Bueno Silva. Um, but I'll ask you, Dominic. Obviously, this fight only went five minutes thirty-eight seconds. Not a ton to necessarily say about the fight itself. But what does this win do for you in your evaluation of Myra Bueno Silva? Which I believe is very relevant not right now, considering the mm-hmm. vacant bantamweight title for the women. Yeah, I mean, I was someone that was a fan of Myra and I came in on Friday though and made it clear that I just didn't see how she could, you know, beat Holly. I felt we, I, we know I bet on her, Noah bet on her. Like we felt confident in Holly and it wasn't even a slight necessarily toward Myra. I just didn't see the route to victory, but she was able to withstand the striking land, big shots as well. Like Noah said, really came on strong to finish that first round. And it felt like a tide was teetering on turning not completely turning but you kind of see like okay maybe myra can hang in there um and then it literally took 38 seconds and she locks in that crazy ninja choke a modified standing guillotine you know shout out to her brazilian counterpart jessica andrage you don't see many standing submission victories and those two ladies have both done it four straight wins three in a row by submission you just beat a former champion a 27 time title challenger myra bueno silva absolutely should be one half of the vacant bantamweight title fight Noah. i i truthfully think that and it's not just a recency bias off of a holly home win it's what she's doing to put together she's finishing people which no one else is doing she's a fresh face really the only fresh face 
in this entire 135 pound division, I don't see any rhyme or reason. I know Juliana and uh, Rocky are there and they're fresh in terms of, you know, where their calendars are lining up, but one of them has to be scratched. Myra Bueno Silva needs to be fighting in the vacant title fight. Yeah, I can kind of get behind that. She seems to have the most momentum, and that is a bit of recency bias for me to say that. But um, I think that this win, being that it was a main event, even if it was a card that everybody was kind of uh, crapping on, I think she comes out looking pretty good here. Um, you kind of got the gist. Like I kind of tell when they were filming her walking in, she kind of had the swagger. She kind of had the style mm -hmm. going on. Kind of get a sense that she – is sort of buying into it like she's sort of believing that okay i'm i'm not just trying to be you know a great fighter i'm not mm -hmm. just trying to uh showcase my skills i think i get a sense that she's really trying to you know believe in herself as more than that yeah and, I, and that's something that is uh can be very powerful you know that mm -hmm. self-belief that uh you can be uh not just a great fighter in the ufc but you can be the best in the world at your division and uh, kind of walk around and act like it. So I thought that was there was some hints of that there, some sprinkles of, of Myra Bueno Silva really embracing that, I thought, uh, during this broadcast. So I can get behind it. I guess my question for you, Dominic, would be which of those two ladies would you scrap from it? Would you take out Juliana Pena or Raquel Pennington? Now, I think the knee-jerk reaction or the, the, the part of you that says – well, you know, I want to give it based off who's earned it the most. You probably scrapped Juliana Pena. You know, she's the one coming off the loss. Yeah. Raquel Pennington has the longer win streak, you know. But is Raquel Pennington versus Myra Bueno Silva really the way you want to get this division reignited into its next generation? Yeah, I feel like if I had to guess today or bet on it today, you know what I mean, it will be Juliana that gets that second spot. Someone that is a former champion beat Amanda. Yes, lost the second fight. But even you look at those aside, the accolades per se, she is um, the main character, if you will, of the 135-pound division. There's not a lot of people making noise. Not that her noise is all that loud, but she is making noise when she's in the crowd and having these uh, sound bites that come from her yelling on the camera or at a press conference. And it's enough that get people talking about her so when you factor that into her having a win over Amanda being a champion, I feel like that will be the fight that happens is Juliana versus Myra Bueno Silva, a fresh face versus someone who's been there, but still newer compared to a lot of these other girls, including Raquel Pennington. I'd, I'd feel about 95% confident that that'll be what it is. I think there'd be some fun lead up to that fight. I you think know, so. Pena has really embraced being this villain as of late. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. I know a lot of people are kind of shitting on her for it, but I, I think she's getting people talking about her, and that's yep. you know that's a very powerful thing. And I, that's a big reason, Dominic, why I believe you and a lot of people out there are going to pick her over Raquel Pennington in that fight. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of it, right? Like yeah. if Juliana had the same personality and, and, and talking ability as Raquel Pennington, you would easily pick Raquel Pennington in a heartbeat because of the win streak and the momentum yep. she has. So yep. Juliana Pena is doing a good thing for herself by no matter what anybody thinks of it, no matter on its surface, is it ridiculous? Yeah. A lot of what she's saying is ridiculous, but yeah, I'm, I'm like, Hey, fucking go for it, man. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's what you have to do in the sport. I am. Uh, and I, and I think Marvin and Silva would be game for that kind of lead up as well. You know, oh, like, yeah. 
Did you see the face off with Holly Holm? She kind of was just talking a little shit in there. She, like, she's uh, a bit of a character too. Yeah. I like you said well, that, she, that, she, the she confidence fights, and, yeah, she fights with a lot of emotion. Like yeah. if you remember uh when she got that submission, was that against uh Stephanie Egger, I think it was? Okay, uh, yeah. When she got that submission. Uh, when I went back and watched it, I forgot about this fight, Dominic. Uh, Egger was kind of up against the fence, and I, Maya Bruno Silva believed she felt Egger tap. Oh, was, yeah. That so was when the her. ref couldn't see it, and Egger, yeah. when the fight was stopped, it was real weird. Egger didn't really come out and say, like, yes, I tapped, you know? Yeah. And Bruno Silva was, like, crying in the cage because she felt like she was robbed of, like, a big moment for her. Even yeah. though she still got the win, she still was, you know, sort of cleared of uh, – any wrongdoing there mm -hmm. but uh she was like really emotional about it so uh she does fight with a lot of fire i still worry about some of the limitations mostly the volume mm -hmm. in her striking you know here it worked out that she was able to catch holly in that submission in round two but is if this fight would have continued even if she landed a good shot per round you know, Holly was outlanding her volume wise. Oh, yeah. Big time. So, unless she could really maximize the damage done with those individual shots she was landing per round, I think at the, at this fight went on, it was, um, it was going to be hard for her to have a lot of rounds in her favor. Yeah. And then a bigger problem, Dominic, is well, she is so good at submissions. And again, she caught Holly in a standing ninja choke. But Dominic, she's great off her back. But in terms of getting the fight there, she averages less than half a takedown per 15 minutes in the octagon. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not someone that's going for single leg and double legs and dragging people to the ground in order to implement that kind of jujitsu, um, that jujitsu yeah. uh, game. So mm -hmm. I do kind of wonder how she would fare against like a Juliana or a Raquel Pennington. Um, but it's hard to look at this performance and not say that it was uh, a big step for her and she passed the test. And um, to be honest, though, Dominic, like, I just wonder is the, like, even a Juliana Pena versus Myra Bueno Silva, I still sit here and go, like, is that really the fight to, you know, I know if you look at who's there right now, you know, it's like, who, yeah. who else are you going to do? Dominic, I still can't help but sit here and go like UFC have to be wanting Ronda Rousey back big time. Now I know I, I will mention something about this later. Chelsea Chandler did talk about during fight week that she had heard Ronda might be coming back to women's featherweight. I mean, that just came out of clearly the reason they did her a Norma. <laughs> yeah, but um like that division, Dana said after Amanda retired at UFC 289, he said in the post-fight presser, that division, he's like, I think it'd be best if it was done. Yeah. yeah. Why are we still having fights go on here in that division? But that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a topic for the rest. I just seem <laughs> here to say, yeah, like, they got to try to get Ronda in here because – Dominic, if you put Ronda Rousey at UFC 300 against a Juliana Pena, a Raquel Pennington, a Myra Bueno Silva, and sh and they beat Ronda, yeah, I mean, what a rub that would be. It Think would. of like when Ronda got smashed by Amanda Nunes, what that did for Nunes, you know? Oh yeah. I'm just saying, I'm not, and I'm not saying Ronda wouldn't 
win, but you know, I'm not sure if I'd favor her considering how long she's been out. Uh, I it's it seems unrealistic, but the more these rumors keep coming out, and yes, I know the Rousey camp is denying them to Ariel Hawani. I don't believe it. UFC 300 right around the corner. Who would have ever thought Brock Lesnar would come back for UFC 200, considering his bout with diverticulitis and yeah. how he was currently in the WWE? I've heard it on good authority by the people that be by the um, people that are really into WWE. They say she is gone. She's mm-hmm. leaving after SummerSlam, which I believe is coming up soon. She, Dominic, I believe is coming back i believe it in my heart i think she will be back it will be ufc 300 and i still think it's going to be for that vacant bantamweight title but i will entertain in the rest portion this featherweight uh rumor Mm -hmm. but dominic anything you want to kind of respond to that with like are you still kind of like look that's just Brock Lesnar was one thing this is crazy no like I know like if you need like you need to wake up you know wake up is that it what you're be, saying? It, it would be big. I still am very skeptical. I can't mm-hmm. see it happening. But if it did, it's huge. Obviously, it's one of the biggest stars you've ever had, a pioneer. What she's done for women's MMA is crazy. So even if it's not for a long time, it'd be for a good time, win or lose. And at the end of the day, I feel like the storyline hidden behind that is it does something for this division, and nothing has been done for this division in a very long time since, really, Ronda was here last time when Amanda beat her and got that huge rub, like Noah said. So we, we want to see this division keep going, keep evolving, keep moving. One way to do that, you bring back the former queen uh, of this division for many, many moons and title defenses. That was crazy, but not that crazy. <laughs> not that crazy. When you look into it. Anyways, yeah. let's move on to the rest of uh, UFC San Diego 48. Oh, it's been um, too long. <laughs> uh, so, Dominic, co-main event. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena decided Shoot. to stay in Vegas after losing uh, two opponents last week. He was originally supposed to fight Sean Brady at International Fight Week. Um, I forget who replaced him. It was a guy from Ohio who ended up having that serious uh, yeah, the brain, brain condition. Um, so they kind of saved him there, which yeah. thankfully so. Uh, but he said he wanted to fight. He was staying in Vegas. So he comes in, he makes a second weight cut in two weeks, and he takes on the newcomer, Basil Hafez and Dominic. This ended up being Whew. a great fight. I mean, what a what a war between these two. And I think Basil deserves a lot of praise here. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, to take this fight on this short of notice and to nearly eke out this victory. I mean, I saw a lot of people online saying they scored this fight for mm-hmm. Hafez and while I don't necessarily agree, I don't see how you cannot keep this guy in the UFC for. Oh yeah, you you got to give him like a four fight deal. After yeah, this. I mean, he, he, sh- he showed he belonged. He was strong. He had great wrestling, and even as he was getting rocked, like in round three, where it seemed like he was out, he still kind of found a way to keep himself alive in this fight to get to those scorecards. Um, for Jack. Not going to be like a fight that um, this is not going to be something on his highlight reel. I don't think, you know, it's not a, for a guy that's supposed to be one of the biggest prospects in the UFC. You know, this is not some moment of, uh, 
I don't know. This is not like a, you know, raise your hand, arms in mm-hmm. victory type moment. It feels more like a moral victory for Basil than it does, you know, yeah. like the actual victory for Jack. Obviously, there's caveats here, two weight cuts. There's taking a short notice opponent. It might be that Basil's sure. just really that good. But for Jack, I still think the future's bright. I think he will come back stronger from this. I, a lot of people are now speculating on how that fight with Sean Brady would have went, considering what Basil uh, did with yeah, the last one. You know, it's like, well, he was supposed to fight him a week ago on the first weight cut. Like, let's not, yeah, you know, let's not speculate too much. And you know, for Sean Brady, I understand his wrestling is great, but he kind of did get outstruck by Michael Chiesa and got knocked out by Bilal Muhammad. So I'm just yeah. saying, let's not pretend like. Jack didn't have an advantage in that fight too. That's what made that fight so interesting. And yeah, uh, truthfully, I'd like to see it get run back. I think. I think this. that's like, the fight to do. You know, yeah. Jack, I respect Jack for taking this fight, but obviously, it's not one that's going to push him forward. Uh, but I think you rebooked the Sean Brady fight. I want to see it even more now. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like it makes more sense. And you know, to that point where it's not like this performance you're going to remember. If anything, there might be people with negative takeaways. I feel like you add in all those factors. It's kind of just one of those things where we got a crazy fight. The one thing, though, that stood out was pulling of the guard, trying to get the guillotine. That was like the only thing that would like fight IQ wise was a a bit of a red flag for Jack. His corner screaming at him not to do it. And he still did it. I don't know, three or four times, which ended (laughs) up getting Basil on top of him for the rest of those rounds. So that's my only like nitpick on it. I mean, I'm obviously a huge JDM fan. We've talked about him ever since his contender series win. So if there's one thing to say, it was that, but everything else, the war of attrition, both these guys, how they even went for 15 minutes is beyond me. The two weight cuts in a week. I mean, it it was just a crazy war that I don't think a lot of people expected to see. Yeah, very true. Uh, Dominic, the rest of this card, where else would you like to go? What else would you like to give a little shine to? Yeah, I feel like the, the it started so slow and then really picked yeah. up as the night went on, especially the main card. How about we go to 21-year-old Francisco Prado out of Argentina, dude? This guy, I think 12 wins now, all 12 by finish. He finished mm-hmm. Atman Azaitar. Do we still, by the way, ever know what was in the bag? Anyway, uh, they know. said put, they said potatoes. That was potatoes. the okay. Right. Which, you know, <laughs> to, to doesn't that make sense to sneak that into yeah, Abu Dhabi to scale multiple buildings like for some potatoes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, they must have been some damn good potatoes. But uh, <laughs> this was a, a good fight. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be fun. A lot of people knew it was going to end early. And Prado gets the win. He had his first fight against Jamie Malarkey earlier this year and went the distance with him. 12-1 and one at such a young age. Another market that is, you know, it was head, um, spearheaded by Ponzinibbio multiple years ago since then. After his injuries, there hasn't been a ton of talent. Two Argentinians get victories here on this card, and I'm going to keep my eyes out for Prado. I know he's super young. There's a lot still to be built upon, but he's a fun young fighter right now, and it's worth note. So it was a fun fight and a great finish. Yeah, I I, I thought this was going to be very interesting to see how this went because he did give Jamie Malarkey a pretty tough fight. I believe he took that on very short notice too, mm-hmm. and he was 20 years old at the time when he took yeah. it. So. Um, he comes in 21, can barely buy it. You know, he, he's still getting card carded the drink and uh, barely <laughs> yeah. passing that test. And Ahmed Azaitar was at least 10 years his senior. I think he was like 12 years his senior. Yeah. And yeah. Azaitar hits like a truck. But uh, Prado showed a lot of toughness in his fight with Malarkey. 
that's why I kind of avoided this fight. I ended up uh, jumping on, I think it was under two and a half on one of my parlays. So we'll talk about that. But um, for Azetard, man, just a little too reckless sometimes. Yeah. Although the year was just a perfectly timed shot, to be honest with you. Like mm-hmm. that spitting elbow was, was crazy. Was crazy timing on that. Like I don't yeah. even know how you defend there, you know. Um, Azetard's still a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, Prado, I. In the lightweight division, it's hard. You know, mm. It's hard to really know because it's such a gauntlet. Yeah. But I definitely think, uh, you know, we'll see with a couple more fights where he's standing. But, you know, if at 21 years old, Dominic, you know, this guy has a long time to be, a long time. you know, to be starting in the UFC at this age, it's uh, risky. Yeah, it is. Um, God, I mean, Shout out to Nazim Sadikov on this comeback win over Terrence McKinney. I hate it for my dude T-Rex. I like him a lot. But uh, Sadikov seems legit. Again, another lightweight guy. Yeah. Like, he's 3-0 and now, um, or maybe he's 2-0 and in the UFC and then won his contender series bout. Mm-hmm. But uh, for Terrence McKinney, that's a tough pill to swallow. Did you uh, see the way his arm was trapped, dude? Yeah, that was, that, was, that was so just strong. unfortunate. Like, yeah. But uh, Sadikov seems legit. I like him mm-hmm. a lot. Um, he had that great fight with Evan Elder a few months ago, and that was the one that Elder uh, – well, it became a TKO stoppage due to a cut. So mm-hmm. uh, for Sadikov, he's proven that he can do it early, he can do it late, he can do it with the knockout, he can do it with the submission. I like him a lot. And uh, I'll also mention – this ended up being a very weird card, by the way, Dominic. Uh, women's fights especially. Were yeah, you know, we started with Eileen Perez and Ashley Evans-Smith. Eileen Perez twerking all over the octagon. Uh, Ashley Evan Smith giving her the biggest credit card swipe I've ever seen. Just digging in yeah. that crack, man. Yeah. Um, what else did we have that was weird on this card? Well, then you had Estella Nunez. Oh, man. man. Uh, oh, man. I, it was so, Dominic just had a tough night with the tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> right before this fight. Uh, he, you know, Dominic's always doing good stuff on the Twitter, always trying to get people to engage and interact. And he's like, hey, first uh, five fights or whatever went to a decision. You know, who's going to get the first finish of the night? You know, trying to engage the community. And then, like, 38 seconds later, Stella <laughs> Nunez's arm, um, oh. she had to hold it. I mean, it, it, it looks like it was a clean uh, separation. Dislocation. Yeah, it yeah, it was a clean. Of the, oh. It was a clean dislocation, which I think is that's if you're gonna have that injury, like I think that's a yeah. good thing. Like I think it's good. Yeah. It wasn't like a a forearm break, like a you know on the bone. Mm-hmm. So and then Dana posted that they were able to put it back in. So yeah. uh, hopefully the recovery won't be as long as it looked <laughs> from yeah. seeing it. But uh, then you add the women's featherweight bout: Norman oh, Dumont, dude. Chelsea Chandler, Chelsea Chandler. Why are you running? Why are you running? Oh my gosh! You put that uh, video, and I'm like, that's so perfect. I that's didn't even crazy. Think about that. That's cr- that was a crazy moment. Um, she I ran on the, right into the fence. I think on the broadcast they tried to say that she was rocked and she ran to kind of keep herself like she was running toward the fence because she's like, oh shit, I'm about to go down. I need to keep myself standing. <laughs> yeah. But it was just so weird to watch. Never <laughs> seen anything like it. Um, and considering the heat these two had after their weigh-ins, uh, Chelsea Chandler did not look like UFC caliber here to me. Um, yeah. The head movement wasn't there. 
Uh, Norman Dumont's good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, most wins in UFC featherweight history now, women's featherweight <laughs> history. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I saw a funny tweet from Chuck Mendenhall. He's always tweeting funny stuff. But he said, hey, I've said it before. Norman Dumont is the best women's featherweight to fight in summer 2023. Tell me, <laughs> you guys. Is um, she the uncrowned women's featherweight champion after last night? She now? said she called for a title shot, Dominic. And look, I'm going to entertain. I already talked about Ronda Rousey. Okay. But how, you have to wonder why we're – what are we doing here? Why well, are we were still – technically two ranked bantamweights, and they fought at featherweight. Right. So why? So so why? Why? <laughs> why? What? Dana said the division was yeah it's probably good that we we just end it right. Yeah. Why are we still getting a women's featherweight fight here? So yeah. that there's got to be a reason. And you put yeah. this fight on the main card when this feels like a clear curtain jerker. Yeah. I'm just saying, Dominic. UFC 300. <laughs> Ronda's fighting somebody. <laughs> Ronda Rousey versus Norma Dumont for yeah. the vacant women's featherweight title. Ronda's fighting somebody on that card. I think she's there. fighting twice that night. Both belts. I, th I think she's fighting for both belts. <laughs> I think so. Because um, I, I will entertain either possibility. And I know like people are going to be watching this and like, dude, can this dude stop sucking <laughs> off Ronda? Like, please. And like, I promise I'm really not like that big of like a Ronda guy. Yeah. yeah. But I just, uh, it's because I don't hear a lot of people like seriously entertaining the possibility. You want to be that guy. I want to be community. that guy. Yeah. Uh, just like I did with the Jamal Hill Izzy thing, which I think yep. Dominic considering updates and that, I don't believe Not, we will see that fight by Halloween. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, maybe I was just a year off, maybe Halloween 2024. There um, you go. But yeah, that fight uh, kind of sucked. But you know, it was worth talking about for that reason. Anything else, Dominic, on this card? That's you know more to talk about. I feel like than uh, we expected coming in. So it was pretty good. Yeah. All in Evan, all, Evan Elder Hanaro Valdez also a great fight. So yeah, Evan cool. Elder is just always in scraps. You know? Yeah, and Valdez, bro, like. Yeah. Can he get hurt? There was like 15 knockdowns in that fight, and they went to distance somehow. I don't know how it happened, yeah, but it was cool. tough. Um, with that, let's move on to some of the news, Dominic. Aptly titled The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, because as we go, this just gets worse and worse. But um, we'll start with a little fun one here. The UFC announced this actually probably should have been on our last uh, preview or recap or whatever. But um, the UFC announced during International Fight Week stuff that uh, GSP will make his return to competition at UFC Fight Pass Invitational on December 14th. No um, opponent has been announced, but some yeah. of the names that are being targeted are pretty big names in the UFC. Uh, Dominic, is this something, you know, I know we're not two guys that tend to watch these kind of events. We're not necessarily watching a lot of submission grappling. Would you watch here? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I sent this to my dad or dad found it and sent it to me after we heard about it on the broadcast. And I said, yeah, this is cool. They actually do some fun events sometimes. I wish I watched it more. So yeah. maybe this can kind of help me get into it more i think it would be fun it's like once a month or a couple of times like anthony smith and glover just did one so right. i'd like to get back into it or get into it in general maybe this could be the one it's cool that gsp is going to do something for him and i think they're going to try and get someone relatively big i know he shut down habib for sure yeah i'm disappointed about that one <laughs> the, the but, shutdown uh, of habib. 
who, who's like a name you think would be fun? Like, what if we finally got him and Anderson, at least in that capacity? Would that be fun for you? <laughs> right. Oh, that would, I mean, it would be, but Anderson would probably, I don't know if Anderson would uh, do too well in submission grappling yeah. with uh, GSP. What were some of the names being thrown out there? Did you see some of those? Did they say? Did I? Did I see right? Colby Covington was one of the names thrown out there. That could be. Interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Usman would be interesting. Ooh, um, that would be really cool. Although, if you're talking about, although Usman, I don't know what his submissions are like because he's never really, never really see it in the <laughs> UFC. True. Um, but yeah, like maybe one of those two, like so kind of that new age versus old age type yeah. deal. Um, yeah, I feel that, like they gotta have like options, that. you know. People well, are gonna I, there was some, them. there was a list of names that were being targeted, and they were all pretty big. I thought Colby was on there. Maybe Usman was. Get him versus Hamzat. <laughs> him and Hamzat submission grappling. That would be nuts. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool. But um, <laughs> I thought this was fun. I don't know if I'll watch it. I I think I will if like there's nothing else really going on, and mm-hmm. I happen to be home. You know, I don't see myself necessarily being like, no, I need to block off my yeah. Saturday to watch this. I'll be fully right. upfront about that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Like our buddy does like jujitsu tournaments. And I think yeah. that, like they're very fun to watch, especially if you're like in person. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't say I'm going to go out of my way for this. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, the next one, Kevin Lee, Dominic, did announce his retirement. From MMA, um, this definitely makes me look silly because Dominic basically <laughs> said this, and I acted like he might still have a whole UFC run in him. But um, he makes probably the right decision here and retires. Uh, had a very good career. It definitely is a career that I think we can look back on now and go, you know, the expectations that we had for Kevin Lee definitely made it look like a disappointment but i think what we yeah. got from him was a lot of good a lot of even at times great but um you know fought for an interim title like he did a lot but mm-hmm. um yeah unfortunate to see him go dominic your thoughts it's just crazy what is he 30 30 years old you know as Noah just mentioned, all those kind of the weird career and the, the injuries to his knees and wrestling his entire life it just it's crazy how this sport moves, and it's it's ruthless, man. Shout out to ruthless Robbie Lawler. He was able to go out on top last week, and then we see the same for Kevin Lee. Not so much. It, it's just crazy how it works. I hope the best for him, though. I, I'm sure he'll have some ventures being that young. He's very charismatic. I wouldn't be surprised if he even makes a comeback at some point, to be quite honest with yeah. you. Um, but right now I think it's the right decision to make. Maybe he can do some collabs with his brother. They could do some, like, some sort of food MMA collaborations and videos and whatnot. He's going to do something fun, I bet. Yeah. Meanwhile, I saw on TikTok this morning that uh, Sean Strickland clipped from his podcast with Chris Curtis, and he was uh, saying that Keith Lee is a racist. So, uh, okay. Very reputable source. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, last one here Jamal Hill, Dominic. This Oof. one, this one's just, I mean, Oof. what are we doing here? Uh, he is relinquishing his UFC light heavyweight title due to uh, suffering a ruptured Achilles. And Dominic, this was suffered during that uh, basketball game held during International Fight Week. Yeah. A lot of people talking about how this division feels cursed ever since John mm-hmm. Jones left. 
Yeah. It is unfortunate. I hate it for Jamal Hill. I hated it when Yuri Prohaska had the same similar fate. Um, but Dominic, I am going to just say that even though this division's in a pretty tough spot with kind of getting that, that sustainable, you know, championship, not necessarily a run with one person, but like that, you know, you like to see the ebbs and flows, the guys yeah. hand off the title. I don't want to see titles being relinquished yeah. or stripped yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So even though this, this division has been struggling to kind of get that consistency, especially with its last two champions, both having to do this. I still think that we are, there's a lot of good in this light heavyweight division right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to focus too much. Like I, I some of the, the terminology being thrown at this light heavyweight division, I think is a bit unfair. I think it's a bit harsh. It's one thing to say that the the actual title uh, picture is like a has been a mess since John Jones left. Like these are there. It is reality. Mm -hmm. But Dominic, now that you have this vacant title, okay, Jamal Hill, great fighter, took out Glover Teixeira in his last fight. Yuri Prohaska, you know, uh, finished Glover in what was the fight of the year, and mm -hmm. he had to relinquish his title, like. You had the month before Jamal Hill wins it. You had that main event between Blahovich and Ankalaev that ended in a draw. Yeah. And really, nobody seemed to like that fight. But let's look at who we have right now, Dominic. You take Jamal Hill out of the picture. Well, Yuri Prohaska appears to be ready to come back. Yeah. Then you have, at the end of the month, Jan Blahovich welcoming the former 185-pound champion, Alex Pereira. You still have Ankalaev in here. Johnny Walker's surging through yeah. the, the ranks mm -hmm. right now. Then you have, how about Alexander Rakich coming back? Yeah. Um, yeah. I look at a lot of these names and I go, Dominic, I think there's a lot of fun to be had here. So even though this yes. is a huge, like, downer, for especially for Jamal Hill, a guy with a lot of promise, mm -hmm. and, you know, you saw the emotions pouring from him when he won the title. So I, I feel for him big time. But I still find myself being optimistic for the future of this division. Are you kind of in a similar boat, or is this not something you really thought about before I kind of brought it up to you? No, I mean, I feel like this past year we've seen the talent um, and level of fighters in this division be the best it's been in a long time. But it's been clouded by the title relinquishes, the injuries and stuff. That's hovering over right. a lot of good talent and freshness in this division that we haven't had really since, I mean, like before John Jones in DC, honestly, like it's been a long time. So as Noah just said, all those names and we're going to get some really good fights. Uh, I am optimistic for this division. It sucks for Jamal. I you don't see many uh, Achilles injuries for MMA fighters right. as well. So I wonder how his recovery will go. Will we get him back to as good as he was? Cause he's right in his prime right now. It's a shame. But yeah, Yuri's healthy and ready to come back. A huge fight in two weeks. And no, I just want to give you a question. Is there a chance they put the vacant title on the line in two weeks with Jan and Alex Pereira? Is there a chance they do it? I think there's definitely a chance. But uh, I am going to side with I don't believe that's what's going to happen. You think winner um, versus Yuri for it? Probably. That's yeah. probably what's going to happen. It also wouldn't surprise me if for some reason they decided to do like Yuri versus Ankalaev and Abu Dhabi. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're fresh, no fights right now. That's true. But um, if you had to, if you asked me, like, what do I think is going to happen the rest of the year? I think Alex and Pereira go into that fight. It'll be highlighted as like a number one contender bout. Mm-hmm. Sure. The winner of that, I believe, will fight Yuri for the title, whether it be at Abu Dhabi or December or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I think Ankalaev welcomes back Alexander Rakic, assuming that, of course, Ankalaev uh, is willing to bite that bullet because I don't think he's going to be none too happy if, uh, let's say, Blahovich beats Pereira and gets that title mm-hmm. fight. All um, be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. He already was threatening retirement. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. All. Which I still kind of look back on, and I don't. I feel like everybody looks at Ankalaev as being like he got robbed in that fight, and I did not remember it being that way. I thought that fight no. was like yeah. super close. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, I guess for for you, Dominic, like what what? Let me ask you it like this: When it hits, when that clock hits, January first, twenty twenty four. Ooh, who is going to be the UFC light heavyweight champion? Ooh. And you can bet on those too. I wonder what the odds would be right now. Um, right. Okay. Who is it going to be? I kind of almost feel probably stronger than you that they might throw the belt on that in two weeks. Maybe me not because they're doing the BMF. So that might throw a wrinkle in terms of like how they do the pay-per-view. So probably won't, I guess. But I, I think it's it's likely. <sighs> so we do that. I think, mm, man, there's a lot of fun matchups, huh? Like Yuri versus uh, Alex Pereira, especially is whew, that's a fun ass fight. I'll still go with the Samurai Warrior right now and Yuri Prohaska as the champ when the year the new year strikes. So you think that that fight in two weeks will have the title on the line, and the winner of that will fight Yuri by the end of the year, and Yuri takes back his title. Is that the path? Yeah, or. Either they are fighting for it and Yuri wins it back, or the winner just fights Yuri for the vacant belt. I think okay. those are the two scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'll ask you another question, another tough one. Mm-hmm. Does Jamal Hill ever win the light heavyweight title again? Oh, I think he can win the title back. If it's just that injury, man. If he, it's so many ifs. I, I mean, think you, he can. you know, think- he, he was definitely kind of. Uh, fortunate because he it was unfortunate for Yuri, of course, what happened to him, but that was something that he benefited from. Sure. You know, he took on Glover, who was in his last fight. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if he had been matched up with Yuri Prohaska, who was making like his first title defense, you know, for all we know, Jamal Hill would have never won yeah. the title to begin with. Yeah. So truthfully, Dominic, um, I don't think we'll see him win that mm-hmm. title again. And I don't, I hate to be that way. Kind of feels like I'm kicking a man while he's down. Um, But I just think this division sort of feels like how I feel about men's flyweight, where I think a lot of these guys are pretty even at the top. And you could see a lot of hot potato. Like, I don't think Yuri Prohaska, even if he feels like the guy who may come out on, on top in this by the end of the year, I don't view him as like a guy who can be a champion for a long time. I've said this. I think he's too chaotic. Yeah. It means he can win on any given night, but he can lose on any given night. For sure. Yeah. That's like a lot of these guys. It feels that way almost. I don't yeah, know. If I mean, there's like... It seemed like Ankalaev had the best chance to be like a long standing yeah. champion. Yeah. But um, 
after some of the holes that Blahovich exposed, I'm I, I'm not sure if that's really the case anymore. I'm really excited to see Rakic get back. If he's healthy and good, I think people sleep on how talented he is. I like this division. It's okay. Don't panic, everybody. It's okay. I'm so excited now for. I, I was already excited, but Pereira Blahovich in oh, two it's weeks. That's huge. I can't wait to preview that. I can't wait to do my research on that and rewatch those two's last few fights. Like I'm so excited to just get into that because I got to pose you a question. Yeah, on yeah, that please fight do. Real quick. Yeah, I, um, me and Branson, a friend of ours, went to uh, beat ups Friday night, and we were talking about fights and stuff. And I was randomly just scrolling through some of the odds of the fights coming up in the future because you can look out to the end of yeah. the year on like DraftKings and stuff. I was like, I do wonder what the odds are because I haven't looked. I'm, I'm never really seeing opening odds until like the week of is when I see the odds and stuff. But I happened to look at July 29th. If you had to guess, what do you think the odds are for Blahovich and Alex Pereira? Oh my God. I just want to see what you say and I'll give you what it was. I'm going to say Blahovich is a minus 135. Ooh, okay. So you were actually almost on board. It was around. I'm remembering Alex's number specifically, so it'll give you an idea of what Jan was. Alex Pereira was a plus 120. So I think that would be like a minus 140. 40, something like yeah, that. something like that. So you almost nailed it. I, For some reason, I was like shocked. I so don't did know you why. think Blahovich should have been a bigger favorite? or No, I thought it would be like a pick em, if not even Alex as a favorite. You really – you've always kind of – you you definitely are not that yeah. high on Blahovich compared to some people. Like, I definitely have noticed that. And um, I remember, like, we've talked about how I, I feel like when this fight got announced, I felt very strongly that Alex would, mm. like, start Jan. And maybe that has a part in why I was so shocked in these odds. And I still feel that Alex is going to win. I just – yeah, I don't know. It was interesting to see those odds. Um, I think it's just a lot of unknown with, like – but this fight feels pretty clear in my head on like which route it could go. Mm. If the fight stays standing, it feels like Pereira with the the less draining of a cut, oh, bit dude. bigger, more filled out. It yeah. feels like he's gonna find that chin on Blahovich and send him to the mm-hmm. land of Linden Ghost. I mean, I know <laughs> Blahovich has got the Polish power, but yeah. I, I don't think that he wants to get into a kickboxing mm-hmm. fight here with Pereira. But then I would also question Dominic. Pereira's still really not been tested with this takedown defense. You're right. What, what little we've seen has not been good. Yeah. And you saw what Blahovich did to Adesanya at UFC 259. Yeah. yeah. Pereira will be bigger, but I think that if Blahovich is really keen on getting this fight down and you know not is able to avoid a big shot early, this could be very very tough for Pereira. Yeah. We're talking three rounds as of now, too. Yeah, yeah, true. So, you know, I just think that uh, for Pereira to what you've seen struggle a little bit against guys trying to take him down at 185 pounds, what's a guy like a much bigger guy like Blahovich going to pose yeah. problem-wise? Oh, man. You know, Isn't it fun I, to I, it's, Oh, it's – I mean – I will admit to you, though, like in my head right now, and uh, this is subject to change. It's changed yeah. before. I've, I've been – I've flipped back and forth on fights many a times. Right now, I slightly lean Pereira. Yeah, I agree. 
I feel I, like the opening is going to be there because I've I've been seeing uh, Blahovich and when he gets in those uh, when he gets in the pocket and starts throwing, he kind of leaves that mm-hmm. chin open for that. You can't for the do counter, it with so. Alex, man. Because <sighs> there was that video going on Twitter where um, it's like the left hand is wide open, like he, mm-hmm. he, he and that's the prayer of power hands. So um, mm-hmm. just saying, but um, yeah, the just a weird week of news. Mostly bad, but I definitely think that the future is bright. It's a dark yes. day for light yeah. anyway, but I think the future will be much better. Yeah. One fight announcement to go over. Our first fight for yeah. that Abu Dhabi card, UFC 294 on October 21st has been announced. We had to give some shine to the flyweights, Dominic. The undefeated Muhammad Mohaev will go in defending that O on his record against Tim Elliott. What do you think mm. about that? That's a scrap. That is a really, really fun fight. Two, obviously, Mohaev is known for how great of a wrestler and grappler he is. But Tim Elliott, very scrappy, good submissions. I'll always go back to that fight with Demetrius Johnson and how close it was. I mean, he's a very talented fighter, even up there in age now, mid to late 30s. To be doing what he's doing at 125 is still impressive. I really like this step up. It's a proper move up, I feel like, for Mohaev to get a nice top 10 ranked guy or Tim Elliott's like on the outside looking in, if not. So, I like that fight. The first official fight announcement for Abu Dhabi, and now I just feel like they're going to keep trickling in day by day. You know, We're going to be getting the big ones, the main events coming in soon, and this is starting that trend. Yeah, I have a feeling this means this fight will not be on the main card because <laughs> I think they're going to yeah. announce the whole main card. Like I said, Dana at the press conference after 290, I think it was, said mm. they like to coordinate with Abu Dhabi when they announce these cards, so... This fight sneaking out makes me feel like this is going to be the curtain jerker and it's going to piss me off. But And Dana's going to have um, one of them uh, special announcement videos. <laughs> but yeah, the, there is a lot of intrigue for this fight. I think if uh, this would have been Mohayev's next fight before his last one, mm. I think people would be riding a lot higher on Mohayev. But it seems like they're starting to become those uh, detractors from Mohayev. Mm. And uh, as young and... As much of a, a phenom as he has looked at times, it's also been slightly underwhelming at times. It's sure. it's kind of it's kind yeah. of my dilemma I've had with Ian Gary, you know, with yeah. his yeah. early UFC run. So definitely a test for Mohayev. And yeah, you always love to bring up that Demetrius Johnson fight for Tim Elliott. I remember you watching that in our, uh, in the dorm, our man. dorm room, and you were just <laughs> yeah. like, "Dude, Demetrius Johnson, do you give it a fight right now?" <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like this man. Tim Elliott guy. I'm like, who the yeah. fuck is Tim Elliott? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, let's move on to Blazing Bets, Dominic. <sighs> <sighs> let's just get it over with, Noah. Let's rip it off. Yeah. Um, I. What was your final tally for this? M- minus 1.74. So, you know, hey, you won. Yeah, and like I'm happy to win. Big. You know, I'm yeah. happy to win. I, I'm up six to four. Um, there's nothing I want to see more, especially after last night, than Dominic having <laughs> <me> some blazing <laughs> wings. Um, look, this is – I'm going – I all's fair in love and war, right? That's what they say. And I've been kind of prodding Dominic. I've been kind of talking my shit. And it's hard to realize that you're really not in control of your own destiny. Yeah, dude. Dominic has the control. He is the man <laughs> in charge when he is tweeting out the, you know, I have, I have been like, I've been like, yo, Dominic, you know, I, 
happy to let him take over to social media. You know, it kind of frees me up on those fight cards, right? Like, I've been happy to kind of allow him to do that. But also, I'm realizing that now I'm not in control. Because Dominic, um, in this moment, was able to completely derail what, what, a, what could have been a perfect night. Yeah. Um, the three-unit parlay is going to be the biggest, like, uh, that's, that, that's just – I played around with my units, and every time I do, <laughs> I get reminded of why I shouldn't do that. <laughs> One unit's that's all we're doing. <laughs> yeah, the minus three and a half just hurt. I mean, I did have a parlay that also had jack money line, so, like, technically the loss for that fight wasn't as bad. But then to have Holly Holm lose in the main event mm. – it just hurts. And now, like, when I closed my eyes at night, last night, all I could see was Noah is on a heater right now. And that's <laughs> all I could see. And I just, it, like, scares me awake in a sweat. <laughs> I'm looking ahead to UFC London. But, um, man, I got to, I, 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 but I also feel like I'm, I'm trapped in this moment. Like, I've won. I won the battle, but it feels like Dom has won the war and in, in some ways. I'm up six to four, but I feel like this is gonna be in my head going in the next week and I'm just gonna be off my game and it's, it's not gonna be good. Dominic, your thoughts on your slip for this week. Yeah. Three and five, like I said, minus one point seven four. You know, it was just one of those cards going in that it felt like the bets weren't gonna be good. They weren't gonna be good. I needed to just have a a better negative week than Noah. That's what I felt like going in. But then Noah was having that good week, and I know I may or may not have been a part of ruining it. You know, if you believe in the jinxes, then I absolutely botched his night. I'm glad we got to lose together on Holly Holm, at least. It made me feel a little bit better about myself. But, you know, it was a tough week. It was a tough card to get good reads. Like, I felt like there were lines and favorites that I felt were solid, and then others where I was just kind of taking a chance and paid for it. And London's coming up. I keep cutting, you know, I've cut the lead to one now a couple of times, but I can't tie it back up. I can't get it back to even. And if I never get it back to even, I cannot win the challenge at the end of the year. So I'm, I'm down two again. I got to try and tie this thing up. London card's going to be interesting because on the surface, compared to the two from last year, much uh, more quiet. And it's kind of sneaking yeah. in that they're going back. So it's another card that's going to require some digging. It's an early card. It's not going to be easy. I'll be curious to see what the fan reception's like in London, yeah. too, Dominic, because I've heard tickets are not selling well for this mm. event. So, I mean, outside um, of Tom being in the main event, I mean, the cards nowhere near the other two. From like, I mean, I think Molly. I mean, Molly probably should Molly's not be in the co-main, but yeah. you know, she is. So, yeah, like she obviously. I, I don't know how much. It's hard for me to really gauge the. Like right now, I don't know how much everybody over there is like dying yeah. to see Molly, you know, fight. It seemed like before the Blanchfield fight, everybody was like talking about right. it. But I don't know how much that I don't know how much that ebbs and flows with the momentum and stuff. I don't know. But it does feel yeah, like it's, a coin. It's a shame card. they couldn't get lead on over there. Yeah. It is. Um, with that, let's move on to closing statements, Dominic. The point of the show where me and Dominic talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, any closing statements to send us off into the week? I got to update you and everybody else on some bad history because this year, as of Saturday morning, 
me and the Battling Four Bogey crew have officially been rained out two times uh, in this calendar year of 2023. Prior to this year and the other four years we've all been playing together, have never had to leave a course early uh, due to rain, and it's happened twice this year. We get out, Noah, yesterday morning, beautiful, nice and cool, 70s, a little overcast, no humidity. We did get paired up with a random. Shout out to you, Bill, if you somehow are listening to this show. And we get out there, we play the first hole, everything's good, and then all of a sudden, into the distance, as we're driving to hole number two, I'm like, what's that? What's that in the sky? It's the horn, lightning spotted in the area. We have to travel back to the clubhouse. 76 people, I feel like, crowded into under one tent, parked the golf carts, and one by one by one, we all just mosey back to our cars and load up the golf equipment. So it's a sad day when you have this plans with the bros to go play golf, and you're out there, and then it just gets sucked out from underneath of you. So it was deflating. Turned it into quite a lazy Saturday, to be quite honest, into the fights last night. But, yeah. Two times so far this year now, mm. rained out the BFB crew. Yeah, I'm really sad for you, Dominic. I, I hope you could tell in my tone. But uh, when, will you, when will be the next uh, recording session for you guys? We're looking in for one uh, this week sometime. We should get hopefully two or three. So wait, when you week. went yesterday, was uh, Branson with you? Branson was with us. And then wow. uh, we had a random paired. So we had so we had a brand we had Branson that was going to be on a recording feels like uh-huh. it's been forever and that was in the cards. The gods said nope. That dude's got yep. red hair. He is not recording <laughs> with you. Yep, Dom and JP. See you next week, basically. Yeah. So wait, when's the next one? Sorry. Hopefully, we might even be playing a little evening on tomorrow on Monday, but sometime this week we're going to get out and get okay. some stuff going. Well, you know, let me just say as your friend that I hope uh, your next time out there. Um, I hope you do not think about what I text in the group about right. shanking every drive. Yeah. I hope that thought does not cross your mind as you are, mm-hmm. you know, going on that backswing to to hit it. I, I yeah. hope that not even for a second, Dominic, don't even have my voice creep into your head and go like, I hope you shake the fuck out of this. Please do not do that. I want you to keep a clear mind, a full heart, even though there will be a lot of pressure, you know. Oh, yeah. Just with that recording going on, you know, you know it's going up to dozens of people on YouTube. <laughs> like, don't even for a second think about all that. Okay. Yeah. You, you know what I'm envisioning happening? Yeah. Noah? You know, in Waterboy, water sucks. <laughs> it really, really sucks. And he's seen everybody's faces yeah. on the football field. I feel like I'm going to tee up my shot. I'm going to get my practice swing. I'm going to look down to line up. And instead of a ball, it's going to be your head. <laughs> and all I'm going to hear is you saying, you're going to shake it. You're going to shake it. You're going to shake And then I'm going to hit, and they're going to go yeah. right. They're going to go left anywhere but down the line. That's what I think yeah. is going to happen. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. I really do. I hope you can tell by my tone that this is not a joke. I you really, want me to succeed. I, I really it. want you to succeed. Yeah. It only helps me, right? This is part of my channel, too. So, uh-huh. like, I, yeah. I want to see good content. I do not want to see you fuck up. I hope yeah. you don't. That thought does not even cross your mind, please. Yeah. And you'll have to update us on how that goes for you. You will be updated. Um, my closing statement, my leg is asleep. You're, can't feel it. You might not or, be able to get up from the studio. Yep. Well, no, it's the third leg.
You okay? <sighs> it seemed so funny when it was coming out, and then it just... Well, you know. My leg, my actual leg is asleep. I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to. Yeah. Uh, my name's No Baker. That's Dominic Sleep. We are but just two of the below average Joes, and we'll see you guys on Friday.